Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Chiefs Bros Podcast. Uh, it's the only Chiefs-specific podcast um, that is executed and, and hosted by by two brothers that we know of. Um, and well, I think there, it's it's. Is there a third one around here somewhere? No one knows. <laughs> you know, at times it's been guests that have purported to be the third Chiefs Bro. At this point, that's kind of like it's kind of like a band where you got two core members and then there's like the touring member. You know, they'll, they'll show up on a guest track occasionally, um, and if you got you got on the road, maybe you have that keyboard come along. But there's really only a, you know where where two cheese bros are assembled. There's the cheese bros podcast. That was a great intro, by the way. Thank you. Um, I was talking about the music, not you. I mean, it was good. Well, I chose the music, so you're welcome. That's a good point. Either case, um, I thought you cut it out a little bit too early. I was just getting into it whenever you cut it off. That's okay. okay. Maybe we'll have it as an outro. You, you know, know what? Listen to the rest of the song. You know what? I was already going to say this at least a couple times. It's the preseason for us as well. It really is. Um, I feel like, you know, maybe we should explain the absence. Um, in my mind, the you know the last time we were really involved in this podcast was probably 2019 season. I don't think it was even that. <laughs> I think it was... What year is this? I think our last podcast that we actually recorded was before the 2018 uh, championship game versus the Patriots. Yeah, well, you know, you, at that point, the, the trajectory was established because we we saw after the 2018 season where the Chiefs were heading, um, you know, the, the Super Bowl was only one D forward away, and then it happened in 2019. Um, you know, the, the Chiefs, that trajectory continued. They went on ahead to become Super Bowl champions. And uh, I think in our mind, we're like, okay, this is working. The Chiefs don't need us. You know, they don't need our support and our insight. Um, and our, our, our general sense of camaraderie. Uh, but then last Super Bowl happened, exactly. and now clearly they do need us. Yes, exactly. So we're back. It's kind of like with Madden. Like, every year, I'll usually, like, I'll start Madden season for me. I'll play around during the season. But after the season's over, usually in, in you know, disappointment, that's when I'll do kind of like the Thanos thing. I'll like, fine, I'll do it myself. And then I'll get, in, <laughs> get into franchise mode. And, and I'll show them how it's done. Win five Super Bowls in a row with the Chiefs and get Pat Holmes to the Hall of Fame. Uh... And last year I didn't do that. I think I went straight into like rebuilding the football team in a different city or something. Washington football team. Um, but this year Madden's way more interesting to me because, you know, they didn't win the Super Bowl. So I gotta do it myself. I gotta get that embedded gauntlet and go chase after those this this analogy's falling apart. Anyhow, all that to say, we feel like the Chiefs need us. Uh, yes. the Chiefs Kingdom needs us. Uh, I don't know if that's trademark, probably is. Uh, the, the your average Chiefs fan needs us. Um, also, I'll just I'll just say it. Like the podcasting community for the Chiefs is getting a little too serious. You know, yeah, too many analysts out there. Yeah, too many arm, armchair film grinders. Not enough fanalists, as I like to say. Uh, and Andrew apparently does not like. But I just I don't like the, I don't like the word fan. Honestly, that sounds stupid, but that's it's short for fanatic, and that's a, that's overstating um, my interest in sports in general. I think that's about where I'm at. I feel yeah. pretty fanatical. Yeah, I feel like I'm more like a supporter. <laughs> like, like in English, in English football, they'll they'll say, you know, you're you're an Arsenal supporter, you're a, a Man City supporter. I'll, I'll support the Chiefs. I give them some, some money. I, I give them my attention once a week. It's like this: I get way too happy when they win, and whenever they lose, I get way sadder than I should be. So I feel like I am a fanatic. I used to be that way, but I, I feel like over the last couple of years, and maybe this has just made easier with more quality team, but. If we win, I'll let that just kind of wash over me and enjoy that feeling and feel like I, I had some ownership in it. And when we lose, I'm just like, this is not part of my life. I'm not 
I'm not responsible for or in any way uh, culpable for the product on the field. So hopefully this year I'll, I'll be able to take all the credit again, you know? Yeah. Anyhow, um, there's no real reason for us to come back at this point other than we thought it would be fun to do. Well, the season's about to start. So exactly. There is that. Yeah, we, we are done with preseason. All three games of it. Yep. Um, which I I'll, I'll, I'll just say, on a per-game basis, I thought this was a more interesting preseason than most. Yeah. I think since we didn't have that, like, fourth game where it's just kind of like letting the kids play. Yeah, we didn't have that. Um, I felt like the younger guys were able to get much more involved this year than they were last year because mm-hmm. of the COVID restrictions and whatnot. You just didn't... There was not nearly as much buzz about the young players on the team yeah. as there seemed to be this year. Yeah, this year we had to go to uh, St. Joseph's all training camp. Yes, we did. Joplin for the first time. Yeah, it was awesome. He had a big grin on his face the whole time. It was like a kid at Chasemus. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, didn't have any real takeaways from that. Oh, actually, I, than, I had... Oh, sorry, Jonathan's... I had a large one, he had, he had a scouting report on one of the Chiefs' new scouting players. Scouting report on our starting right tackle, uh, presumably, Trey Smith. That would be the starting right guard there. Junior. Oh, yes. Right tackle. Right guard. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyways... Um, it's got a, it's got a big butt. Very, well, that's very large rear. That's where the power comes from. Yeah, that makes big, sense. Big base. He is a mauler. Yes. That so makes, that was my takeaway. Yeah. Any other comment on the, the posteriors of any other lineman? Uh, nope, just him. Okay, that was the only one that stood out to me. <laughs> oh boy, I'm sure y'all missed this so much. Um, but. Today, just today, the Chiefs uh, announced their 53-man roster and cut some players, some of which we were a little bit surprised at, uh, a lot of which were, were expected. But we thought we'd just go by position by position and give a little uh, our first impressions of the Chiefs' initial 53-man roster for the 2021 season. Uh, so, starting off with quarterback, as one does, Patrick Mahomes, Chad Henney, no real surprise there that they carry to. They waved that Shane Bouchelle guy. The third QB. Yeah, but he's going to end up on the practice squad. He's just yeah. got practice squad QB written all over him. Yeah, not really any surprises there. I said I said during the preseason he had major AAF energy. I think if there was an AAF, he might be a candidate, but he'll hang around the Chiefs practice squad. As a former AAF fan, I was a little bit offended by that, but that's okay. Yeah, RIP. I'll just let that one go. Um, whatever happened to... Gary, uh, not Derek. What's that guy's name? Matt Moore. Um, I think Chad Henney happened. Well, yeah, but I mean, there was there was a time there where they were kind of neck and neck, and they'd swap out being the old dude. Yeah. Now it's all Henney all the time. I don't know. I don't remember what happened to him. But yeah, I, I feel good with Henney. I feel like he was coaching high school football, and then he was starting for the Chiefs for like three weeks. Oh, yeah. And then he probably went back to coaching high school football. Yeah. That's a nice story. I wonder if him and Phil Rivers' team ever play each other. <laughs> That's what he does now. That would be hilarious. Until he gets that, like, Brett Favre. Colts call in like October would be like, listen, it's really not working out with our third screen quarterback because they're already like the third screen quarterback, the Colts. Yeah. Sorry, but we'll get to that little NFL talk later. But uh, yeah, anyhow, so Chad Henney's the man now. Um, I would love for us, this is an aside, but I would love for us to get into the point where we start drafting quarterbacks, having them under Mahomes' wing, and then spinning them off for second round picks. Because that was something Reed was great at back in the day. He like drafted Kevin Cobb, even though they hadn't. Donald McNabb, and you shipped him to Arizona for like a second round pick, and that dude did absolutely nothing. But you could just get a little enough enough of Mahomes' magic to rub off on a quarterback, 
have him have a couple strong preseason games and some desperate NFC East contender will uh, will try to trade for them. It'd be great. I would just love for that you know that quarterback machine to start churning a little bit. Yeah, we've got our established starter. I don't know if that would actually work, but you could just churn them out. It's not about sure. whether they're good; it's about whether another team will think they're good. People love to be success adjacent, don't they? Yeah, it worked for Jimmy Garoppolo and pretty much every other Patriots backup for the last ten years. Uh, on to running back, uh, the man with three names, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, is starting off as one would expect. He, he feels like he's truly the entrenched starter this year. No Damian Williams around to confuse the issue. Of course, that was the same last year. Now I think about it. We do have Daryl Williams, though. It's true. There's always a Williams to take some of your snaps. That confuses me. So, Daryl the Barrel projects to be the third down slash goal line back. I love that idea of him pounding at the middle whenever it's uh, on the goal line, especially because our goal line offense seems to improve this year. And then uh, Jarrett McKinnon, who I'll always associate with being the backup to Adrian Peterson in Minnesota. But after a long journey, he seems to have found a home in this offense. Seems kind of like the passing down back. Um, yeah, I have a take on him. Uh, take away. I think he could actually end up being our RB too. Yeah, I mean, it, there are different roles behind Clyde, I think. Because Clyde feels like he's the like, kind of the total package. And then behind it, it's like there's some, some, some compliments, you know. But he seems to be doing great in camp, or in camp in the preseason so far. I don't know, I just never really thought of him being a great player before, but maybe he sees his way on the field some. They cut your guy, uh, Thompson. Uh, no, I was sorry for Darwin Thompson. He just had, like, such intriguing speed, and he always seemed like such a little go-kart out there. I think he'll wind up on the practice squad. Yeah, or some other team. I mean, he he should, he put some good stuff on tape this preseason. Yeah. Uh, we got a fullback, which is fun, kind of retro. It's really just a special team's ace. I think we'll use him a bit, mm-hmm. just like we determined. Uh, wide receiver, first couple, no surprise, uh, Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, presumably the number two receiver. Byron Prangle, um, Demarcus Robinson, who was my candidate for surprise cut this year. Hasn't happened yet, but I'm not giving up until the season's over. I'm pretty sure he's on the roster. So. I don't know. I mean, they kept Darius Fountain, too, so... He goes out and makes, like, three boneheaded fumbles in the same game. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll reconsider. And then the last one last one for the, for the receivers is kind of surprising. Uh, Darius Fountain, who's not a rookie. He's a, this is not an undrafted free agent guy. He didn't come out of nowhere. Apparently, he played for the Colts before. But he had a good preseason. He's at least going to hang around the roster. I think probably his experience over the other candidates put him over the edge. Um... I'm a little bit surprised they cut Cornell Powell because I had some unrealistic high hopes for him. He seemed like a polished route runner, and maybe it's just because he was from Clemson and wore number 14, and so was Sammy Watkins. But I just kind of thought he'd be one for one Sammy Watkins replacement. Yeah, it's hard to have anything to say about him because there was just absolutely no word on him out of camp, good or bad. So, well, and this kind of comes back to the whole Andy Reid. You you got to have like two years in the offense as a receiver before you know his offense before you get established because apparently you learn every position basically every route tree and that's really difficult for first year players. I don't think any any receiver has ever had real success in the rookie year, at least not when he's been in Kansas City in Andy Reid's offense. So I, I'm kind of hoping he sticks on the practice squad and then we sign him to a 
your future reserve contract at the end of the season. You can contribute, contribute some down the line. But we'll see. I think that's probably the highest draft pick the Chiefs have cut the year they drafted him for since in like the Brett Veach and Reed area. Yeah, I'm not sure he's. A, I'm not sure Veach has ever drafted a player and then cut him before. We did that with Kavari Russell. You remember that guy? He's, he was a corner, third round pick, and probably like I don't know, 2015 or so. That's still pretty. That was, it was a uh, it was Dorsey pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a. I mean, that's a pretty big admission of swinging and missing on someone to cut a third round pick, fifth round. Well, I like that we're not just keeping him just because, you know, we drafted him. Mm-hmm. I like that we're able to keep a guy that we like better, basically, you know, not just keep him out of pride. Yeah. On the tight end side, keeping four tight ends this year, which feels a bit new. Travis Kelsey, obviously. Blake Bell, who's apparently the blocking specialist. Uh, and then Jody Fortson, who's a converted wide receiver, and he, he kind of seems that way. Um... He reminds me a little bit of I don't I don't know I haven't seen how they're going to use him this year but uh, I remember like Demetrius Paris where we would, he wasn't necessarily the blocking tight end but we'd have him in on two tight end sets as a as a receiving threat so I think that's that's going to be great and then Noah Gray another draft pick this year yeah uh, I forgot which round we took him in but he kind of seemed like, like was fourth or fifth he seemed to be about on on equal footing with Cornell Powell to me but he must have shown something more in camp. Couldn't keep him around. I've heard he's crazy athletic. Yeah. He hasn't really... He wasn't able to really show it in the preseason games. It just didn't quite work out for him. But I've heard he's even more athletic than Fortson. We'll see. Offensive line, you get the five new guys. Brand new offensive line. You got that new line smell. Uh, and then I think what I'm really... And there's no surprises here. We traded a guy, Yasir Durant, who saw a little bit of time last year for a seventh-round pick to the Patriots, which great... Um, what, what's encouraging to me is all these guys who were like borderline starters last year are now just buried on the death chart where they're probably long if we're honest, like one, two, three, there are three starters from last year's Super Bowl that are now like firm, firm backups. And that's a, a fantastic thing. Uh, so it's good to have the depth there to me. I think it says a lot about the state of our offensive line last year after all the injuries that we had. Yeah. Are you okay? Let me, let me get your pulse on this. Are you worried about the offensive line heading into the first real game? Um, not worried. No. Um, I think there'll be growing pains for them. I'm just a little bit. I don't think they haven't really faced elite competition, or not even like even like average competition on the line so far this year. So it's like they've done their job, and there hasn't been any obvious mistakes. But like whenever they're actually facing Miles Garrett in the first, or I guess one of the first weeks against the Browns. That makes me pretty nervous, right? Yeah. You might yeah. just completely clean up Lucas Nyang or whoever is trying to block him. It's a fair concern, but I mean, they have only they can only play against whoever the other team's putting out there. And yeah. So far, they've performed very well against everyone in the preseason. I, I guess think they've, they've looked great so far. I guess my point is, if it takes them a couple of games or three or four games to gel as a unit, that would not surprise me and would not alarm me about, oh, we... we Turned over too fast. We should have tried to keep some of the guys we had before. Yeah, yeah, that's how I'm expecting it to go. We can. I'm sure we'll talk about more. more yeah. about that later. All right, other side of the line, we got a uh, the big boys, the defensive tackle Derek Nadi, Jaron Reed, offseason acquisition, Trishon Turk Wharton, and Colin Saunders. Uh, feel solid to me. I mean, any of these guys, I would feel 
confident having them start in the middle, to be honest with you. Even, even Colin Saunders, I think he's developed quite a bit. I think all four of those guys will be on a basically even snap split yeah. rotation. Because you just, like, those big boys up front, like, they they need a breather, you know? Yeah. You sub them out, keep them fresh. Well, and that's, that's kind of Steve Spagnuolo's style with the offensive line. It's not so much to, or sorry, the defensive line. It's not so much to have four guys play all the time. You might have, like, a star or two who are out there almost all the time. Like, Chris Jones is probably going to be out there 90% of snaps. Yep. Yep. But behind that, rather than, you know, like having five guys who play nearly all the time, you're going to have eight guys who play, you know, one or, one or two of them all the time, nearly all the time and a couple others who rotate in. So, yeah, having fresh bodies is a whole lot better in there. Um, at defensive end, newly christened defensive end, Chris Jones. <laughs> christened. I see what you did. You can edit that out if you like. Um, Frank Clark, who no one seems to actually know what's going on with him this Preseason, he's been injured, right? He has, yeah, and he's been kind of uh, MIA since he's dealing with some type of legal issue, and we don't really know the fallout. We don't really know if there's going to be a suspension. That hasn't like kept him from practicing, though, has it? No, but like it would not shock me if sometime between now and the first game, a, a two to four game suspension comes down for him. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. Uh, this is well. I don't, I don't want to get too deep into it, but this feels like. The year that we either, after this year, we either move on from Frank Clark, keep him around. What do you think you have to do this year to keep him around? Um, probably just be the player that we originally thought we were getting whenever we signed him. Yeah. Um, that sounds pretty negative. I, I think he was, he was very good the first year he was here. Last year was a little bit disappointing. I don't know if he's ever quite lived up to uh, what we thought we were getting out of him. Yeah. I think he's got to get at least double-digit sacks to stick around. Yeah. Like another five-sack season, we'll probably look for something else with a lot of money. Yeah. We'll see. If I see him getting just run up field by the tackle again, like snap after snap after snap this year, I'm going to lose it. Uh, Mike Dana, who kind of just keeps hanging around. I'm most surprised that he's... He was like a, a fringe roster guy before, but now he's like a premium backup for the Chiefs. Alex Okafor, who's kind of kind of similar in that he was the starter, but now he's firmly. I think there's the level of comp- competition on the defensive line has improved enough where uh, Alex Okafor is now backup rather than the starter. And then Joshua Kendo, who did next to nothing in the preseason, I didn't really see anything out of him. So I'm glad he's on the roster. I'm glad they're not ready to move on from him. They were going out Powell, but nothing too good or bad yet. Yeah, my take on the defensive line is that it is. Seems really deep this year. Are too deep on the defensive line. I really like it across the board. Me too. Me too. Uh, at linebacker, we got Anthony Hitchens, uh, Willie Gay Jr., who's kind of looking for his breakout year this year. Fingers crossed. Nick Bolton, who I'm hoping will get at least in like three linebacker sets with the other two. Ben Neiman, who I'm hoping is a special teamer. And then Darius Harris. Has it been like... Four guys named D something Harris on our team recently. It seems that way, yeah. It's kind of like the Williams of the defense. Well, there was a guy we released that was like Demone Harris. Yeah, it was like Demone Harris, like Darius Harris. Very confusing. Yeah. Too many Harrises. And then Dorian O'Daniel, who's probably sticking around for special teams. I've, I've, I always kind of thought he could have been what we're starting to see out of Willie Gay. So maybe he kind of starts to break out a little bit this year. Probably more of a special teamer. I don't know if you heard, Willie DeGay apparently got um, a toe injury in the game on Friday. Yeah, I didn't really see that. Did you see him like I didn't see it. Um, I have no idea what it is or how serious it is, but 
I hope it doesn't keep him from starting. Yeah, me too. Really want to see what we got out of him. At corner, we've got Darius Sneed, who's now, I think, a pretty firmly the Chiefs' uh, number one corner. This could be the year he like really becomes elite. Charvarius Ward, who's, I think, solid number two corner. And then after that, it's like a, a big group of Rashad Fenton, DeAndre Baker, Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes impressed me in the preseason, i got to be honest. Yeah. Especially yeah. with his returning. I think he's our he's our first punt returner, if I had to guess. I think he's a nice, solid starter for us. I yeah. think he basically slots in right where we had Rashad Breeden earlier. Uh, DeAndre Baker had some great plays yeah. in the preseason, too. He's an athletic dude. Yeah, I love having these like former first-round picks who are like our third and fourth corner. It's like, all they need to do is be competent. We don't need them to be like, what their draft says was, but if they if they end up being that, if they reach, end up reaching their ceiling, then we got like three great corners, or at least three very good corners, and then something called a Chris Lemons. Um, so apparently he's mostly a special teamer. So okay, Who's I think it? I think every year Toke gets about two or three roster spots where he's just like you get three guys and you get to pick, and I think that was one of them this year. I don't think I'd buy a house if I were him. Well, maybe rent. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Uh, safeties, you've got Terry Matthew. Uh, Dennis Sorensen, who seems to be starting still. What do you say like that? I don't know. You don't like Dirty Dan anymore? The Chiefs have always just got one slow white safety that they're com- determined to get on the field. This goes back all the way to like John McGraw. Who, the, the real ones remember John McGraw back in like 2010 or something. Uh... When he's, when he's great, he's dirty damn. When he's not, he's just like, why is this guy out here? Where is Juan Thornhill? Yep. Pretty much. Uh, and then Armani Watts, who I'm still surprised is on the roster, but good for him. And also, let's, let's not forget about Juan Thornhill. Oh, I didn't. I mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. Juan, Juan Thornhill. The great interception during the preseason. Yeah. I mean, it, it just feels like he's too good an athlete, too good a player to not be starting. But maybe he's still coming back somehow. I it don't know. It seems like last year he was still getting back. Physically and kind of mentally yeah. from his injury in um, 2019. Mm-hmm. So I think I think this year he's going to return to kind of the way he was, his form in the first year he was in the league. I hope you're right. I do. Harrison Becker, Tommy Townsend, uh, some other long snapper dude. Got nothing to say there. Say his name. Come on. James Winchester. It's a great name for a Sounds long like a, snapper. Like a butler. Winchester. Yeah. A, a butler? Yeah, that's a butler name. Well, he does kind of deliver the ball back there to the holder, so... He's Tommy Townsend's butler. Mm, you're a football, sir. Yeah. Anyway. Alright, any uh, final impressions on the Chiefs 53? We didn't talk about the players that got cut much. Well, Cordell Powell was a surprise for me. Uh, Darwin Thompson was a... Nah, that's not really a surprise. Not really a surprise, it was kind of... Point flip in my mind. Yeah. Uh, anyone that surprised you in particular? Uh, no. I'd say the only one that surprised me was again Cornell Powell. Um, I was a little surprised Taco got cut a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, I guess we weren't even really. I think I, w- in I would have expected him to make it maybe over that Kendo guy. Uh, no, and maybe this is kind of reflecting how difficult that decision was. You know, maybe maybe I would have expected them to keep. Fewer linebackers or something, but yeah, I mean, there's no one on this on this defensive end list. I would say uh, Taco should have been around over, but yeah, I think it again goes back to just the depth that we have on the defensive line. They really like those young guys in there. Yeah, 
So around the NFL, there's really only one surprise cut, right? Oh, there's a few. Well, well, okay, one Cameron Newton is the big one. Yep. Yep. The uh, Patriots have had enough of the cam experience, apparently. So I guess, I don't know, I was surprised by that. Maybe I shouldn't have been, because he was pretty bad last year. Oh, yeah, but it's just, you wouldn't think they'd go straight to Mac Jones. Maybe he's been looking really good. I don't know. I haven't watched any yeah. Patriots. Yeah, he's pretty good from what I've heard. Um, I think Cam Newton's biggest contribution, you know, aside from his sartorial prowess, sartorial prowess, in terms of his wardrobe, is uh, that gif where he's like, I think this is with the, when he's with the Patriots, where he just looks to the side and then like starts falling off of the bench. Mm, yes. I know what gif you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. It's hard to describe, but yes. It is, especially on a podcast. But <laughs> I think that's a better... Uh, Better, uh, better contribution than anything he did on the field. Uh, now he has been pretty dodgy about his vaccination status. You think that factored in? They just kind of had enough of his crap. Yeah, I don't know. There's talks about how that, how much that did or did not factor into cuts throughout the league. So I, I kind of wonder with Cam if that was part of it. Because you can't, I mean, you can't really afford if your if your quarterback's not vaccinated and it's going to take you know like two weeks out because he had a close contact or something. You can't really afford that be happening. It happened a little bit with Lamar, but the only reason they let him get away with it is because he's Lamar. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you're good, they're not going to care. Yeah. Let's see. What other surprise cuts around the NFL? Um, John Brown with the Raiders. Uh, smoke, they call him. Well, they don't, they're not fond of good players. It's probably part That's of true. It. And actually, he requested a trade, so maybe that explains it right there. I think he should get revenge on the Ra- Raiders. Comes up to the Chiefs. That's what I was thinking. My information is dated, but I remember that two years ago he was on my fantasy football team, mm-hmm. and he got several receptions and yards. Well, he seems to kind of fit the Andy Reid prototypical wide receiver. You know, like about six foot nothing. He's fast, pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. speedster. Yeah, so he, he could be the poor man's downfield threat. Yeah, he'd probably take Fountain spot, which is a little disappointing, but oh, maybe we're always turning the ball in that roster, you know. Still no news on Deshaun Watson. Might get traded, might not. Might never play again. Who knows? No idea. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Like, I don't really see any team. I mean, Watson would be an upgrade over the teams that have been linked to him. But, like, Cam Newton, who's who's Cam an upgrade over? Um. Like, maybe Fitzpatrick? No. I don't even know if that's true. Not Fitzpatrick. Maybe Bridgewater. <laughs> He's revenge on Bridgewater for taking his job to Carolina. Well, maybe. I don't know. That'd be hilarious, actually, if they decided that the answer between Drew Locke and Trady Bridgewater was no one. Well, who do the, who do the Panthers have at quarterback right now? Sam Darnold. <laughs> maybe you should go back to the Panthers. I have to imagine that bridge has been burned. <laughs> I don't know. I bet I, I, it's hard for me to imagine his ego taking the hit to be like a backup, like a true backup, like somewhere he knows he's going to be the backup. Let me throw a wild one to you. You ready? Yes. New Orleans Saints. Um, let me counter. Yeah. With Jameis is already there. Yeah, that's a. So I feel like that pretty much puts that one to bed. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm picturing like a like a an offensive package that Sean Payton puts together that's got. 
Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, and Taysom Hill on the field at the same time. And any of them can throw the ball, but none of them particularly well. Mm. Yeah. Yes. You know what they say, five okay quarterbacks is better than one really good quarterback. It's kind of like if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. Yeah. If you have three quarterbacks, you have one and a half quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think it works. Anyhow. Uh, so, yeah, that's been around the NFL. Unless you got any other knowledge bombs you want to drop? <laughs> uh, nope. That's all yeah. I got. I think we're going to go ahead and uh, so stick with the preseason analogy. We put our reps in for this uh, for this this podcast session. We're going to go ahead and step out. Maybe not play the full game. Uh, we're going to take. We're going to go back to film and, and take some notes and try to grind out. Mm. See what we can do better. Got to see what we can improve. Yeah, yeah. We we always review our own podcasts, obviously, especially like the losses. Yeah, those stick with you. Mm. Yeah. Anyhow, you know what they say: you learn more from a bad podcast than you do a good podcast. <laughs> that might be true for us. The listeners maybe less so. Oh uh, yeah. That's if you're true. trying to learn stuff about the Chiefs, oh my gosh. They probably learned You've less. You've got the wrong podcast. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, stick with us for the season. I have no idea how often this is going to happen or if it'll continue to happen. We'll find out. Intermit. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And we will cut it there. Oh, you want, you'll, uh, we'll come get your love on the way out? Yeah, play us out. All right. We've probably been playing the entire time. Okay, and a lot of chair squeaking. Thanks for listening to another episode of Chiefs Bros. Subscribe to the show on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Chiefs Bros. We'll talk to you later.